0: Thanksgiving is a wonderful holiday, isn't it? I love the fact that America stops for a day and we gather together, we get with friends and family around a, probably a very nice meal. Uh, we're gonna eat more than we should, but it's gonna be fine because it's Thanksgiving and that's what we do on Thanksgiving. Uh, but there are many, many benefits to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh turkey, roast turkey. We don't have turkey often enough, do we? Uh, we are going to probably have, at least at our house, homemade noodles, grandma's noodles. Uh, we're going to have mashed potatoes and we're gonna have uh we're gonna have pecan pie and probably pumpkin pie. And so there are many benefits to Thanksgiving. Um you know, I, I always love the cartoon uh peanuts. And uh, I'm going to have uh, them put up the, the Peanuts cartoon. It's one of my favorites. You have Snoopy, who is looking at his bowl forlornly. It's his dog food bowl. And he says, how about that? Uh, everyone is eating turkey today, but just because I'm a dog, I get dog food. And after he eats it, he walks back to his doghouse and says, of course, it might have been worse. I could have been born a turkey. And I think there's something to that. There's always something that we can be thankful for. And I think Charles Schultz had a unique way of looking at things and a wholesome way of looking at things. And uh, we need to look at things a little differently sometimes, I think. If if we don't, we can get into a a, a complaining disposition. Our life can be kind of... Marked by uh, the, the, we're we're looking at the things we don't have, rather than thanking God for the things that we do have. I believe there are very real benefits for thankfulness, and we're going to talk about that today. What are the benefits that we will receive if we're thankful people, especially if we're people that acknowledge God? And his provision and, and the things that he has done for us, it's going to really change, not necessarily our circumstances. And maybe that's what you're hoping for today, that your circumstances are going to be changed if you start to be more of a thankful person. It won't really change your circumstances, but it will change your outlook. It will change your attitude. And those things will truly make a difference in your life. It will actually be healthier for you. Not to be always so anxious and so worried and so uh, pent up with frustration and anxiety because we're saying, hey, I do have some things to be thankful for here. At least I'm not born a turkey. Amen? I I think I, I say that to the Lord once a day. And then my wife says, no, honey, you are. What are the real benefits? thankfulness. Well, we're going to start, we're going to look at several places in Scripture, and the Bible really is full of places that talk about thankfulness and, and how we should be doing that. Well, let's start at one of my favorite passages in the Bible when I was a kid, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. You say, well, why would that be a favorite verse? It says, rejoice evermore. Well, because it was easy to memorize. And so I, I always look for Jesus wept, rejoice evermore, Um Jesus wept is the shortest verse in English, but my dad, the the scholar, said, well, Jimmy, you know, 1 Thessalonians 5.16 is shorter in the original. So I guess, rejoice evermore is shorter in the Greek. But it is a simple two-word Bible verse that really says a lot. You know what the word evermore means? It means every when. You say, wait, wait a second. Every when is, isn't proper. Well, now it is because I said it, right? I don't have good grammar, but, um, you know, I just, if I say it, it's now good grammar. Can I rejoice ever when? Now we say everywhere and, and that seems to be okay, but we can't say every when. In other words, always rejoice, always rejoice every when, every moment, we can find something to rejoice about. And if we can every when rejoice, our life is going to turn from bleak to bright. It truly is going to make a difference. How, though, can we rejoice always? How can we rejoice every when or ever more? Well, the next verse, and the next verse, the next two verses, 1 Thessalonians 5, will tell you that. Look at verse 17, another easy Bible verse to memorize. You kids, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So if you want to be able to rejoice evermore and harvest the benefits of being a thankful person, this is one of the key ways to do that. Pray without ceasing. And somebody says, well, uh, I think that's a, it's a good idea, but is it practical? Is it practical to pray while I'm driving, maybe, as long as you keep your eyes open, that's fine. Um, no, praying always, I think it is, it's 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 an attitude of prayer. It's not like, you know, we are religious and we pray a certain direction on our face three times a day. Uh, I, it's not that regimented. It's more like... In our, it's just in, in, in intertwined in our life. It's it's kind of like in the fabric of our being that we're always in communication with God. That's what that means. Having this attitude of prayer always, and as we go through life, we're saying, Lord, thank you for that. Or boy, I'm really gonna need your help in this situation. Uh, whatever it is, you're always asking God for help, thanking God, bringing others before the throne of grace. Pray without ceasing. And if you study prayer, one of the things that you're going to find out, a major component, a major aspect of prayer ought to be thankfulness. Look at the next verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. If you want to rejoice everywhere, every when, if you're going to pray without ceasing, part of that prayer needs to be giving thanks in everything. Now, we're going to teach you how to do that today. It's not an easy thing. The, the, the first thing we're going to want to do in a, in a situation that appears bad is to complain about it, to say, woe is me, to have the Eeyore mentality. The Eeyore mentality. But you know what? I think we need to retrain ourselves. Our flesh gets in the way often, and our flesh is usually focused on ourselves. When we can turn that focus away from ourselves to God or to other people, Then we're going to start finding things we can be thankful for, even in a situation that seems to be not so good, okay? So rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is, look back at the verse, for this is, go back to the verse, the will of God, the will of God, folks, this is what God wants, this is what God desires, this is, if you say, what does God want? He wants you to be a thankful person always in everything. In Christ Jesus. That's another important part of this. If you want to, if you want to reap the benefits of being thankful, you're going to have to do it in Christ Jesus. You have to have put your faith in Him, put your trust in Him. And all of this, the verse ends by saying, is concerning you concerning you. Okay, so I I think that's a really good jumping off point for our message on the benefits of thankfulness. I would like for you to stand right now, and we will read together a psalm, Psalm 106. Please stand, and we'll read together Psalm 106. The first five verses, we'll read it together, and I'm going to have them bring my mic down And I want you to be loud so our mics can pick you up as we together read this wonderful psalm that I think says it all, okay? The Song of Thanks, Psalm one hundred six, one through 5. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. Thank you. Please be seated. That passage is a wonderful passage because it talks about verse one, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? If you're looking for, for ways to thank God, start by saying he is good. He is good. Is he good? Well, yeah, he's good, but you know, this bad thing happened and then this didn't happen to me, but it happened to somebody else and drop all that. He is good. Say that to the Lord. In your thanks, in your praise, say, "Lord, you're good." And if you'll say that, if you'll think that and you really believe that, it does, it, it will change you. It will it will give you less anxiety in the middle of the, the problem that you're in. and Because if you say he's good, you're, you're thanking him for his goodness. You're also saying that if he's good and he loves me, then he's got good things for me. And even if in this moment it doesn't seem like it, it still is true. We have a sign in our house, and I think it's one of my favorite signs that my wonderful wife put up. And it said... Ready for this one? You think it's going to be laugh, love, live? No. I'm glad we have that one too, because if I didn't read that I need to live, you know, I would die. So it's really nice, very helpful to have signs like that in our house. No, this one says the best is yet to come. And that's true as a Christian because he is good. Good. His mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? I mean, and that's the truth. And if we can remember these things in our, in our lives, it will change us. Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, for the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with Thy salvation. We're going to talk about that in a few moments. We're going to zero in on this because I really think this is the key. If we can remember the salvation of the Lord in our lives, it will keep us being thankful, being thankful that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation. Now we're going to, we're going to park on that for just a moment. When it says the gladness of that nation, of course, it's referring to the nation of Israel. And America is not Israel. The church hasn't replaced Israel. But I think this general principle of a godly nation can apply to us here in America. So I want to thank the Lord today for our nation. The pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock 403 years ago, 403 years ago. Uh, now, I, our family went and visited Plymouth Rock. And I'm just going to be very frank with you. When we got there, we were a little bit underwhelmed. We were, we were kind of disappointed. Like you're thinking, Plymouth Rock, you know, the size of this building. was just like this Plymouth Stone, it should have been called. And they, they say people, you know, took pieces of it. Yeah, I think they did. They did. But it was upon that rock that people came from abroad to settle in a place where they could have freedom, especially in the area of religion. Freedom to worship as, as the pilgrims were oppressed. And here they found freedom. And that's the foundation. That's the rock Of this country, whether you like it or not, whether the liberals or the progressives like it or not, America was founded upon biblical principles by people that had a, a high reverence and respect for God. That's the truth of this country. And if our country is great, that's the reason. Okay, now, do we need to get back to that? For sure. Let's put the Ten Commandments back in school. Let's start with that. Let's put prayer in school. Let's, let's do these things that, that we, we were teaching kids how to read by using the Bible, okay? So have we gotten better as a society since then or worse? Well, we're getting worse, aren't we? We've lost our mooring, but the pilgrims landed there 403 years ago, and it wasn't easy. They, they really had a hard time. During the first year, the first winter, they dug seven times more graves than they built houses for the living people. I mean, they had half of their people that came over die in the first year. And then there was another ship that was coming. It was supposed to bring food and provision and it came and it ended up not having any food and an additional 35 more people. I mean, it was tough. It was hard, but you know what? They were thankful. And this is the, the Genesis for Thanksgiving in America is Governor Bradford's de- de- declaration in 1623. Three years after they had arrived, he says this. To all ye pilgrims, insomuch as the great father hath given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, Peas, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he hath protected us from the raids of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that ye, all ye pilgrims, with your wives and ye little ones, do gather at ye meeting place on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November, ye 29th of the year of our Lord, 1,623, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye Plymouth Rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. Now, other than the overuse of ye, That was a fantastic, fantastic declaration. And you all ought to listen to ye pastor too. But this recognition of God and thankfulness, even in the midst of a struggle, is why America was a great nation. And I pray to be once again. But you always have something to be thankful for. You always do. Here's proof of that. There was a nursing home that was celebrating Thanksgiving and they had a meager meal and all of the older folks were gathered around the table and the one that was hosting this Thanksgiving dinner asked for each resident to go around and say something that they're thankful for. Now, I know many of you do that on Thanksgiving and I think it's a wonderful practice. Well, this got around to one woman and she said, I'm thankful for my two teeth. My two teeth. I'm thankful that only two teeth that I have left in my mouth are one above the other. And so I can still chew food with my two teeth. That's proof. If you can forget the 30 teeth that you don't have and say, thank you for the two that you do, we can find something in everything be thankful for, can't we? Okay. Be thankful for your two teeth. I think we have 32. Any dentists in here? So if you have two teeth. Now, if you don't have any teeth, then you can complain. That's fine. One person wrote this. Our power is shut off and suddenly we become thankful for electricity. Our garbage is not picked up and suddenly we become thankful for the garbage collector's weekly stop. A good friend dies, and suddenly we discover how much he meant to us. Our water becomes contaminated, and suddenly we appreciate having good water. Why is it, Lord, that we take for granted the uncounted blessings of life until they're removed from us? Psalm 69, in verse 29, it says, But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I'm poor, I'm sorrowful, and then the mention of salvation, and and the situation is true. We are poor, we are sorrowful, but if we'll remember one thing, it will drastically improve our outlook, not our circumstances, but our outlook and our life, if we can remember our salvation. Look at the next verse. I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Let me share with you seven things that relate to salvation. If you have been saved by faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who died for your sins and rose again, if you've trusted in him, you have seven things to be thankful for that will never change. Never, ever change. So if you tell me you have nothing to be thankful for, I'm gonna say, well, you probably have more than two teeth and you also have seven things that are true about your salvation that will never change. And if we'll remember our salvation, we go from poor and sorrowful to being the most blessed people on the planet, okay? So these seven things. And by the way, there's about 35 things that are true when you accepted Jesus as Savior, there's about 35 things that are true for you that will never change. I'm just giving you seven. And you have to find the rest in your Bibles. Uh, I'll preach a series on that sometime soon. Number one, remember these seven things and, and you'll find your life greatly improving. Number one, God loved you so much that he died for you. That, that, that's huge, folks. God doesn't care. Why would this happen? Why would He allow that? And believe me, I've been there, and I know that. That's that's sometimes the the the, the thoughts of our heart is, Lord, why, why would why would this happen? But I I can't question His love because He died for me. He died for me. Look at Romans five eight. But God commended that word means to demonstrate. He demonstrated. This is why you cannot. Challenge God's love. You cannot accuse him of not loving because he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. So if you forget everything else that I say today, remember your salvation. Thank God for that. And that's a truth that will never change. He loved you so much that he died for you. Number two, remember this. Salvation is free to us. Now, why is it free to us? Because we have nothing. (laughs) If it weren't free, we'd be damned forever and be going to an eternal lake of fire. That's what we deserve. We have nothing. So salvation has to be free, and it is but it cost God everything. Think about that. Romans 5, 18. Therefore, as the, as by the offense of one. So who is this? This is Adam. He is, you're related to this man, Adam, the first human. And we all came from Adam and Eve. And by the way, the, the DNA science is confirming this. Okay. People that say Christians have to throw away your brain to be a christian no you don't it's a matter of fact the bible fits science way better than the exclamation outside of of god creating the world okay it fits much better but you have to you have to come at things with a a, a viewpoint that there either is no god or the bible isn't accurate uh to come up with the results that you do in many In many fields of science. So anyways, there's one person that made an offense. You say, well, that's not fair. If he sinned, why does that make me guilty? Because you came from him. And we all have a nature that he passed on. It's called the sin nature, the old nature, the flesh nature. As by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So it's this incredible thing where God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, and he offers this salvation, not by church attendance and praying a certain direction a certain number of times a day or giving to charity and helping people. All, you know, these, these things aren't necessarily bad, but they will not save you. Why? Because salvation, we have nothing. Salvation is a free gift. That's what the verse says. It says it all throughout Scripture. The righteousness of one, that is Jesus, the only one that never sinned, the only one that didn't do anything wrong ever, Pilate declared him innocent three times and still condemned him to death. Okay? The centurion at the cross said, surely this is the Son of God. One of the men on the cross believed in Jesus, and Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. This is an amazing man, a man that was on the cross in great agony and still thought of his mom. John, take care of my mom. I mean, what an amazing person and righteous in every way. And it is by his sacrifice on the cross that he provides all of us a free gift called eternal life. Justification of life. Justification is a a technical word that just means that your account has been paid and no longer are you guilty of those deeds. It has been transferred. You have been declared righteous because you have accepted the righteousness of Jesus, and then that has been put to your account. In other words, someone died in your place. Someone took the penalty for you. So that's number two. Number one, God loved you so much that, that he died for you. Number two, salvation is free to us, but it costs God everything. Wouldn't those two things change your outlook, even in the most terrible situation? I think it would. It should. I'm going to give you several more things. Number three, once we believe in Jesus as Savior, we are secure in him forever. This is awesome. This will change your life if you really understand this. Somebody says, well, you know, if you say, I believe in Jesus, I believe that he died for my sins, and then you just go out and do terrible things, you know, you, there's no way that you're really saved. The Calvinists will say, you were really never saved in the first place. You were never one of the elect. An Arminian would say, you lost your salvation. They're both wrong friends. Salvation is offered as a free gift, and it's called eternal life. Once you accept that by faith in Jesus one time, you pass from death to life. You're now born again. You now are a child of God. You have, you possess right now everlasting life. And if it really wasn't eternal, if it really wasn't everlasting, it should have been called something different. It's not called temporary probation. It's called everlasting life. Read the Bible, okay? So once we believe in Jesus as Savior, we are secure in him, not just today and tomorrow, but forever. This is huge. Why? Because, and some of you say, well, then you're just gonna go out, live any way you want to. No, it actually does the opposite. You're so amazed that God saved you that you're you're so in love with him that you want to serve him, and you feel so secure that you're not worried about him kicking you out. It's like you 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 can never be unborn. You will always be God's child. That's logical. It, and the Bible says, born again. John 10:28. I think this is one of the best verses that help us understand this. Uh, Jesus said, I will give unto them eternal life, and they shall what? Never perish never perish. Once you have eternal life, you will, say it, never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You're in the hand of Almighty God. And the, the Bible says that n- no man, neither shall any man, that includes yourself. Now, what if we don't follow the Lord? What if we go and sin after salvation? By the way, you will. There's no one that is sinless. But let's say you you sin and it, it's, a, it's a serious sin. God has a way of chastening those that he loves, but never will that be sending you to hell. It will be bringing you back as a good father or good mother would be. You, your kids do something wrong that aren't reflective of the way that, that you as a family want to live and you have a way to punish them. Uh, Because you want to bring them back to the right path. That's what God does. He will never kick us out. No man can pluck you out of the hand of God. Okay, so remember that. If you are uh, trying to find things to be thankful for, all of this relates to salvation. Thank him that he has saved you forever. Thank him for that. Number four, now we have all spiritual blessings. Think about that for a second. We have all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We have so many things to be thankful for. That's an entire sermon looking at those spiritual blessings that we have as a result of our salvation. Number five. The Holy Spirit seals us and guarantees us heaven. Now we have the Holy Spirit not only sealing us and guaranteeing us heaven, but also indwelling us and being the help, the force, the power in our lives. If every day we say, Lord, today I want to live for you. I don't have the power within me on my own to do that. I want you to help me. That is going to make a difference in your life. Read that in Ephesians 1.13 in whom ye have trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. By the way, that harkens back to the way that we're saved. You trust, you believe in, you put your faith in. Those are all related themes and words. You hear the word of truth, you trust it in that, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that ye believed and were, what? Sealed, sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You are now in the body of Christ. You are sealed in that. You are sealed until the day of redemption. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. You know, earnest is something that you, uh, it's called earnest money sometimes. If you're purchasing something, you'll put down some money as your earnestness, that you're serious about this. We have something that is God giving us an earnest, a, a, a down payment, if you will, of our future Glorification, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. There's a day, remember, it's going to get better. The best is yet to come, okay? It's going to get better. Until then, we have the Spirit of God guaranteeing that even when things don't seem to be going as well as you would like. Unto the praise of his glory. Number six, we are complete. We are complete in Christ, Colossians 2.10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head and all principality and power. You have everything you need at the moment of salvation to live a life bringing him glory and praise. Okay, These things, if we can keep these things in our mind, Lord, thank you for uh, making me complete in Jesus, in Christ Thank him for that. Thank him for the Holy Spirit that seals us, a guarantee of redemption and of the inheritance of heaven. Uh, thank him for all the spiritual blessings. Thank him for the, the fact that we are sealed and saved until, uh, until glory. We can never lose that. Thank him for the freeness of salvation. Thank him for salvation itself. And then the final and seventh thing to remember that will give you great benefits of thankfulness is this. We have everything we need to live a thankful life. Colossians 2, 6. And as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so that's eternal life, that's salvation, that's the moment when you realize as a sinner you need a save and you put your trust in Jesus, Okay, you've received Jesus Christ by faith, so walk in him. This is the, the fellowship with the Lord, the walk with the Lord, that's why he created us. The Bible talks about Adam and Eve walking with the Lord in the cool of the day. The sweet fellowship. That's what God wants with you all the time. That goes back to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You're, you're communicating with him all the time. You're walking in him. Verse seven, rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. There it is. Thanksgiving. All of these things are true for everyone here or watching or listening that have received by faith Jesus Christ as their savior. Everything, all of these things are true. So no matter what happens in your life, you can be thankful. Every when and everywhere. And when you're thankful, your circumstances won't necessarily improve, but your outlook and your life will. I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for my wonderful wife, Karen, who has been such an incredible person in my life for a few years. We're always trying to decide how long we've been married. And it's really not a complicated thing. It's 34, 34, 34. She's nodding. It's 34. I thank God for Karen, an incredible person that God has has gifted me, blessed me with. And then our children and our grandchildren. I'm really thankful for our grandchildren. I'm thankful for our children. I'm really thankful for our grandchildren. I'm thankful for this church. What an incredible group of people you are. Now, don't get the big head, okay? But you really are. You are really, really an amazing, amazing church. It's, it's the dream church. So thank you for being amazing. I'm thankful that God allows us to share the gospel, not just here coming up in our Christmas pageant season, but um, around the world, around the world. Um, we have a few minutes left today. and I'm gonna ask one of our mission team members to come up here, Caleb Murray, uh, to share a, a moment of the trip, some moments of the trip, some things that that uh, he's thankful for, that God has helped him with as he spent his own money and uh, went overseas to the Philippines. And the, the team was, how many people? It was 20, 24. Were there some others that met you there? And that includes all of them, 24 Anyways, it was it was a busload of people. I know it was a busload because they had this huge green bus. Green? It's like an ugly green, cute green. Um, and it got stuck on a muddy road. And you guys were trying to push it out. I think that's hilarious. I mean, I know you're athletic and everything, but to, to think that you can push a big bus out of the mud and a tractor eventually did that. But they, they got home safe, but they had quite an experience as they brought the gospel to people in the Philippines and, and and people all across the world need to hear the gospel. So Caleb, share with us a few minutes about uh, things that you're thankful for on your trip to the Philippines.
1: Well, first off, thank you all for praying. Those of you who did, we did have an amazing trip. And uh, this was actually the second time that I was able to go to the Philippines. And it was very different from the first, the things that God does always will surprise you and amaze you at what he does. I want to share something that most of you may have heard about, but maybe some of you have not. And it was a terrible start to our trip. On the way there, it's a long flight, as you all know. Uh, we're, you know, just relaxing, trying to sleep as anyone would. One row in front of me, uh, there was a lady who was 26 years old. And in the middle of the flight, she gets up to use the restroom. And after she's done, she walks out two steps and she collapses on the plane. And one of our mission team members caught her and lowered her to the ground. And some of our team members actually were assisting her in doing everything that they could. Uh, long story short, We believe that she had a seizure and after 15, 20 minutes of CPR and an AED on the plane, she passed away. Um, 26 years old from Waukegan and I believe she has two children and she's gone. And you wonder why a loving God would allow something like that. But everything that God does is for a reason. I'm not saying he caused it, but you better believe that on our way to a trip where we got the chance to share the gospel with 13,000 kids and 400 pastors, you better believe that that was a wake-up call. And you better believe that that reminded us of the urgency for souls. And we never know how much time we have left, right? One row in front of me The first half of the plane, there's a lady there. The second half, there's not. And I know this is kind of like vivid, but I saw in a garbage bag, her brought right past me. And so that was kind of the start to our trip. Uh, Very humbling, very surreal thing. But that's how it started. I also wanna share one thing with you of what happened during the trip. So I mentioned I got to go in 2019, and we went to a bunch of different schools in 2019. But this time we went to one of the schools was a college and we did our presentation. Uh, one of our local pastors gave the gospel after and we're passing out books after the presentation was done. And a girl, she comes up to me and she says, I remember you and I remember your team. You guys came to my high school in 2019 And you guys did your presentation and you gave the gospel. I want to let you know that I read the book. My entire family read the book. And I looked at her and I said that that is so amazing. And I asked her, have you believed the good news that Jesus died for you? And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, yes, I have believed. And so I just wanted to share with you guys that it was an amazing trip. Again, thank you for all who prayed. A little bit of a roller coaster, as you can tell, but God is at work. God is still good. And the amount of people that got to hear the gospel and will be in heaven someday, um, I'm really excited to see. So thank you all. Thank you.
0: I'm thankful that our church is full of young people like Caleb that will give up their money and time to go abroad and to give the gospel. And we do need to find a way to help that family. And I know that uh, there's been money raised uh, for them on a GoFundMe page, but maybe since they're local, we can figure out a way to uh, minister to them. Let me also thank um, Dr. Tanny and his wife, Meg, uh, doctor and nurse team that go to the Philippines. And they've been doing medical clinics for years in India and Thailand and the Philippines and other places. And, uh, and I think this all happened right by you. And they responded and they worked on her and they helped her. Uh, let's thank Dr. Tani and Meg Tanny for trying their best to help. And that's a difficult situation. It's quite a way. It's quite a way to start a trip. And when I heard about it, I just assumed it was somebody older, but when they said uh, a woman in her 20s, uh, it's, it, it's impactful, isn't it? It really brings it home. So think about that for a moment. If you died today, and it could happen, if, if you died today, where would you go? I think everyone deep down knows there's more than just this. There's more than just this. We're, we're created, there is a God and I think deep down, we all know there's two destinations. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And I just explained to you today that we can't earn eternal life. We can't, we're, we have nothing. We have, it'd be like trying to get on an airplane with zero dollars, zero pennies. And uh, even if you could, even if you had a penny and you get to the gate, and you say, here's my penny, let me on. They won't let you on because these are hundreds of dollars for these flights. Well, think about eternal life. A trip to heaven is trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. It's way more than that, but let's imagine it is, and you have a penny or you have nothing. That's eternal life. We have nothing. God, therefore, in his great love, showed his mercy, showed his grace, showed his love, demonstrated that by sending his son to live our life that we couldn't live and that die for our sins on the cross. He poured out his precious, innocent blood and that payment is made for everybody. You say, then how come everyone isn't saved? Because you have to receive the gift. You have to accept the pardon. You are offered an eternal pardon. It's called a free gift. It's called eternal life. Now you have to take it. How? By putting your trust in Jesus. Believing that he died for your sins. Not your parents' sins. Not your friends' sins. But he died for you. For your sins. Trust in him. And at that very moment of faith, you're saved. And that can never change. You're in the hand of God. Let me show it to you this way. Um, Let my hand, my left hand represent all of us. You and me, this is us. And my wallet represent sin. We all have sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. And we can try to be better. We can turn over a new leaf. We still have sin. We cannot get rid of this ourselves. That's why God sent Jesus to come without sin. My right hand representing the Lord Jesus Christ who knew no sin to be, this is 2 Corinthians 5.21 if you want to look it up, to be made sin. That's what happened on the cross. He came sinless to be made sin for us. And I I transferred my wallet from my left hand to my right hand representing Jesus taking our sin. He died and was buried and he rose again. Now he invites you to believe in him. And when you believe in him, you're extending your hand of faith into his hand. And now you're in his hand and you will never ever get out of God's hand. Okay. So that is eternal life. That is the one thing that you can be thankful for this Thanksgiving season. Even if you have nothing else to be thankful for, Jesus died for you. And if you'll trust in him, you'll be saved. And uh, that's the good news Of the gospel. And let's share that message with as many people as we can. And that's why we do all the things that we do. If you've never received Jesus by faith, I invite you to do it right now.